Our scripture for today comes from Galatians 3, 26 through 28. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. For there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Well, again, good morning, everybody, and good morning to those who are worshiping with us on Facebook Live. Did y'all know we're on Facebook Live now, right there on that camera? Yay! Hi, everybody! Um, we have people from Arizona. We have people who are sick, who are recovering, who join us on Facebook to worship with us. And so I say to all of us, whether we are physically present here or whether we are digitally present, we are a community of imperfect people. Amen? Amen, imperfect people. Um, and it's one of the things that we love the most about this community. As we talk about who we are and who God is calling us to be, the thing that I hear you saying so often that you love and that you resonate with is that, that imperfection. Because that's just who we are. But here we admit it. We admit that we're not perfect because we're Christians. We are imperfect Christians. We are, we are on the path of Jesus. We're seeking to be transformed, but we mess up. We sin. We hurt people. And we know that even when we do that, God loves us. God forgives us. And we love each other. And so we get to take off our mask and we get to come here and say, it's been this kind of a week or I messed this up. And we know that we have this whole community who will say, I'm with you. It's okay. We're on this journey together. And as I look at you, there's another thing that I love about being a community of imperfect people. And that's the diversity. When you just lead with, we are imperfect, then that gives permission for all kinds of God's lost children to come home and be part of this community. And so we have great diversity here, representative of the community around us, but maybe even more so. Okay, so think about this. Almost every worship service, we have some little human, some human being who is burping and maybe crying and hiccuping, and we've got a baby also. You with me? We've got all ages. We have, I mean, we were worried we might run out of those little zoo animals this morning. We had 50 of them between two services. We had 25 kids in the first service, and we're like, this is great. And we love that they're a part of our worship service because we don't say, oh, you have to get to a certain age. Like, no, when you're a little itty-bitty, you're part of our community. You're fully part, and you matter. When you're a teenager, you're a leader. You have something to say. Uh, when... When you're raising your kids, we're going to help you do that. When you're a retiree, some of our most passionate and dedicated servants are people who in their retirement are saying, I'm doing for God all that I've always wanted to do and had to be working. Now it's full time for God. And I love that because I see churches where it's, you know, we're focused on this group of people. And it's okay if other people come, but these are our focus. And Bee Creek, we're like, we're focused on people. All ages of people, right? They're all welcome. People are welcome. Imperfect people. Uh, it's not just that. It's our faith background. You don't, I don't check your Methodist credentials at the door. We're a Methodist church. We're like, hey, are you a Methodist? Are you cradle Methodist? You know, how long have you been a Methodist? Okay, come on in. No, half of the people in this church, half of us don't really have a faith background. Or it was a long time ago. So the majority of us were out in the world, and God called us, and we came. 
And then you say, well, what's the next group? Well, the next group is Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, Episcopalian, Lutheran, uh, non-denominational, Pentecostal, you name it, that's the background we came from. We don't have to say, oh, well, we all came from the exact same thing. We love our differences, and they give us strength that we wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, what about this question? Anybody born here in Spicewood or, you know, Lakeway? One. And if Asher was here, he'd raise his hand too, and we'd have two, right? And they're, they're it for, like, born here, and the rest of us are immigrants. Some of us immigrated from other places in Texas, like me, right? We came, I came from San Antonio. Some of us came from Houston, Dallas, all over the Panhandle, West Texas. Some of us are from further afield, right? We, yeah, we came from New York and Illinois and California. Some of us came from Oklahoma. <laughs> we love you guys, right? All imperfect people. We have people here today who came from around the world. Members of Bee Creek who came from South Africa, like Gustavo, he's from Brazil, right? Lebanon, you just, you name it. They're all across the world. God's people have come to live here, and they, they are part of our community. That's some beautiful diversity, isn't it? Then you think about, um, think about voting. Ooh, look at that, look out. I have some news for you guys. You don't all vote the same way. <gasps> But wait, isn't there just one right way to vote? My way, right? <laughs> we vote differently. Uh, maybe this is even more scandalous. We don't all cheer for the same teams. Not everyone loves burnt orange. <gasps> like you have even welcomed an imperfect Aggie pastor. That's the depth of your generosity, right? Your love of Christ, that you could have an Aggie for a pastor, and that's okay. It's at least, it's imperfectly okay, but it's okay. And I don't want to scare anybody here, but one of our lay ministers, and Richard wants to make it clear it's not him. <laughs> the other one is a sooner. Oh, oh Jesus. Help us. It's gross, but we'll get over it. <laughs> because we are a community of imperfect people, right? And that means Sooners too. And everybody else, right? Anybody that God is calling, Bee Creek is going to say, you are welcome with us. And not just you are welcome, but you are one of us. We love you. You may not come from the same background as us. You may not vote the same way as I do. You may not cheer for the same team. I love you because you love Jesus, and so you're my brother or sister in Christ. Okay? It creates a beautiful, diverse group of imperfect people. And I want us to remember how powerful diversity is because when you see it from the outside, imagine seeing Bee Creek from the outside and realizing, oh my gosh, in normal society, those people might not like each other because they vote differently, or because they're, it's Longhorns and Aggies and Sooners, or because they came from different parts of the country, or different backgrounds, or they pursue radically different jobs. And they're like, but look at how they change the world. Look at how they serve. Look at how many people come to know Christ. Because they realize there's a place for everybody. If you see that, that there's a place for everybody, then you start to think, if you're outside, there's a place for me too. 
Now we're about to come up on, a, on the, next, the next challenge for us as a church, right? It's a, it's a global thing that we're going to deal with. It's going to be fine. The Methodist Church, the Methodist Church, global Methodist Church, in a month will be meeting in a general conference to discuss the issue of homosexuality and specifically to try to find a way not to be like this with each other, but to move forward together. I'm going to talk about this and all the plans and all the options more next week. Okay, what could go on at that general conference? But let me say this for now. There's a group of people representing the diversity of the Methodist Church. Remember, this is not just the United States Methodist Church with all the different states and points of view, but this is the world church, okay, from all different countries, Africa, Asia, Latin America, coming together to try to see how can we move forward even if we don't totally agree on this issue and how to interpret the Bible on this issue. Well, they're going to vote, okay? And it's not just yay or nay. Our bishop has said there are like eight different ways the vote could go. So that creates a lot of what's going to happen. Okay, what, what will happen? What will these delegates that um, they're not any of us, they're not me, I won't be there. What are these delegates that represent the Methodist church going to decide? And truthfully, I cannot tell you. I don't know. I will be waiting to see just like the rest of us. But when we come to these times where we don't know what's going to happen, what that can do is it can make us really anxious. Because we don't know, and um, may maybe you don't care. Uh, maybe you care deeply on whatever side you find yourself. You care deeply. You have fears. You have hopes. And we don't know. And so I want to tell us we can't control how that vote will go. We can pray. Okay? We can pray. And we should be praying. But we can always perfectly control one thing, church. No matter what in your life feels completely out of your control in this situation or any other situation you find yourself, there's one thing that we can control. Always, perfectly, all the time. Our response. We get to decide how we, as a church, respond. The Methodist Church gets to decide what they're going to do moving forward. Bee Creek gets to decide how we as a church respond to it. And I have every confidence and great hope that we will respond very well. So let me tell you the first thing about this. No matter what the Methodist Church decides, no matter what, Bee Creek's calling, our purpose, our mission is the same. This vote does not change our calling, our mission, our purpose. God gave that to us years ago. We are living it out today. And the day after that vote, we will continue to faithfully live it out, what God has asked us to be. And that is a community of imperfect people, transformed by the perfect love of God, who change the world together. That's all we need to do. That right there. And sometimes people will, since this is the issue, or the vote is on homosexuality, people will come up to me from the church and they will say, Pastor Laura, it's a new person or it's somebody who's been here a while. Do our LGBTQ people allowed at Bee Creek? You know what I say? Every single time I say, all imperfect people are allowed at Bee Creek Church. All imperfect people. You guys, 
This vote, it does not change our calling. It does not change our makeup. We are for all imperfect people. And the thing that I'm excited about is as I prayed about this, I've been, I knew this was coming two years ago. They commissioned a task force, and, I, and people started saying, ah! And I said, no, we're just going to pray about this and see what God says. And God has been saying to me that we are going to have an amazing chance to expand the, the kingdom of God in this place through our witness in this time. Because pretty soon, if I'm right, the national news media will pick up this story. It will pick up this story. It's a church fight. Those tend to make the news, no matter how it goes, right? And then people who go to your place of work, who have um, kids in school with yours, who live in your neighborhood, your next-door neighbor, is going to say, Methodist, isn't my friend, isn't my neighbor, isn't my coworker a Methodist? And they're going to come ask you about your faith and about this community. They're going to come ask you. And I think in that moment, they're going to be wondering two things. First of all, are Christians um, just like everybody else, where there's, there's two sides and we fight, and whoever beats the other one down enough, that side wins? It, it, because I don't, you know, I don't think that that's what Jesus, maybe they know that, what Jesus would have done. Or, or maybe they just want to see a church fight. Maybe they're coming to you be like, confirm what I believe about Christians. Maybe they'll come to you because they're in a really hard place in their life. And they've seen more than enough of fighting in the world. And they want to know if it's any different with God's people. And that's where you have the chance to say this. You can say, look, I, as I read my Bible, this is the conclusion I come to. Okay. But there are other people in my church who are also reading their Bible. And they're coming to a different conclusion. And we may not agree on that conclusion, but we agree that we love Jesus. And we agree that we love each other. And the Holy Spirit is at work in transforming us. And so we're holding hands and we're moving forward. And we have this big community of people who love God and love each other and are changing the world together. And you guys, if that starts to feel uncomfortable, if you think, oh my gosh, this is, you know, 2019 and this is the first time this has ever happened in church history that believers have thought different things. <laughs> no, right? In fact, it seems like Jesus even created a community from the beginning where we would bump up against people who saw the world differently, who lived out their faith differently, that part of being a Christian is learning how to be in community with other people who don't think, vote, uh, cheer for the same teams, live exactly the same way as we do, and, and figuring out how to love each other in that moment. What did he say? We'll get to this next week. The way the world knows that we are his is when we love each other. And nowhere is that calling and that challenge and that witness so much more beautiful than when we're not the same. And so think about the disciples. Jesus calls the disciples. He doesn't go grab all fishermen. That, that would have been easier, right? They might have been on competing boats, but they're all fishermen. Let's go. No, he calls some fishermen, and then he calls a zealot. Have you ever thought about that? A zealot, Simon the Zealot. 
Zealots were people who were really nationalistic when it came to Israel. Like They were all about Israel and getting Rome out and putting Israel back, restoring it, land and people and government. And they were willing to do terrorist acts, guerrilla terrorist tactics, to get the Romans out. And so some of the zealots would go around knifing Romans in crowded places, marketplace. They'd just slip up, knife them, kill them. They'd fall there, and then the zealot would sneak away and be off to the next target to, to make fear grow in the Romans so that they'd leave and stop being occupiers. Jesus calls one of these folks. Okay, so first of all, think about the larger community. Some people are going to be like, yay, zealots, and some people are going to say, a zealot? That guy's a terrorist, okay? Now, not only do we have a zealot, he calls a tax collector. A Roman tax collector. Sally's got it. This guy is a sellout. He has sold out his country. He has sold out his people to make money collecting Roman taxes from the poor people of Israel. People in the larger society, and I don't know what they think about the zealot, but this guy, this tax collector, they wouldn't even let him in their house. He's dirty and unclean. So now we have the ultimate sellout with the ultimate militant. And they're not only being called to love Jesus and give their entire lives to Jesus, but they're being called day by day by day to live in community with each other. You think that was easy? I mean, Matthew's like, uh, did you kill people like me? So no wonder Jesus is saying to the disciples all the time, right? They're like, who's the best of us? No, it's not about that. It's about who kneels down and serves and loves the most. Don't try to pick a speck out of your brother's eye when you have a log in your eye, right? Do not judge. He's not just talking to the unwashed masses. He's talking to his disciples, the foundation of this new church, because they are different, our Lord loves diversity, and he's not afraid of our imperfections because he can transform us. He can transform us, and he will. And so these disciples on a journey, then they're challenged radically, right? Because Jesus is letting women sit and learn from him. They should be in the kitchen, but Jesus says it's fine. Jesus says that actually Mary has picked the right thing in this sitting, lazing around and listening to Jesus, and Martha is the one that got it wrong. That's radical to accept this, right? He goes into Samaria. He goes into Samaria. Well, we thought you were just for the Jewish people. You are the Jewish Messiah. Nope. Going into Samaria. Going to sit at the well and talk to a woman who's been married who knows how many times because he says that she's one of the, most, the best teachers of her whole people the sick and the broken and the hurting and whoever's calling out from the street side that everybody else is saying, shh, Jesus is turning to them to speak to them. So there's this beautiful community that goes far beyond what anybody's comfortable with, except for God, who's so comfortable with this amazing diversity. And then we have the early church, right? Do you often think about the, er the early church? Can we hear the so beautiful, so perfect. Nobody ever fought. Are you reading the Bible? Like they all the time. First and second Corinthians are written because the church was fighting with each other. 
That's why we have First and Second Corinthians. The, the text that I read, Paul's like, listen, you're all parts of the body, right? No one better than one another. We've, we've always had this hard time with each other. And the church has always had to figure it out, but they never gave up on each other. They never gave up on each other. Because Jesus said they couldn't. And we're not going to give on, up on each other. Because Jesus says we can't. But this is our community. This is where the world starts changing. Right here. With this group of people. Imperfect though we are. And friends, I'm going to tell you, when, when this vote comes, if it hits the national news, most people aren't going to come talk to me. They're going to come talk to you. And you have this chance right now or when that happens, to say, you know, I'm part of this community of imperfect people. And we, all, we don't all agree on this. But we all love Jesus. And we're all on a journey where we need transformation. And I tell you what, God moves in miraculous ways in our church, and we see lives being changed and the world being changed and people coming to know Jesus and homes being rebuilt and the kingdom pushing back the darkness. I tell y'all, um, anytime we start thinking about other believers as our enemies, we are wrong. Other believers are not our enemies. The darkness is the enemy. The darkness in this world, the sin in this world, the hurt and the pain in this world, the brokenness, the people who don't know that God loves them or thinks God hates them, that's evil. That's our enemy. And that's who God is sending us. That's how God is sending us out to push back the darkness. Taking the hands of whoever else loves Jesus, we're pushing back the darkness. So I look at this, this upcoming vote, and I'm praying for this vote. I'm praying that we can move forward together, even when we don't agree perfectly, as a Methodist church. But Bee Creek, we already decided. When, when Jesus called us to be a community of imperfect people and to be transformed by the perfect love of God and to change the world together, we committed to that path. So we're, we're set. God is just giving us a great chance to witness to the beauty of that. And I tell you, when people in the world see a community that isn't the same, that doesn't vote the same, or always read their Bible the same, or cheer for the same team, whatever it is that divides people out in the world, when they see you here at church and they realize you're not fighting, you love each other, then all of a sudden people will say, Whoa, their Savior is so powerful. And could I have some of that love? Could I be part of such an imperfect community? Could I come home? You're the ones that are going to say, yes, absolutely, you can. You belong here with us. There's a vote coming. It doesn't change us. We're a community of imperfect people, transformed by the perfect love of God.
and we're changing the world together. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are greater than anything that can divide us. We love you. We know that you are the one that is transforming us. We are listening for your transformation, Lord. We are so attentive to the ways that you're shaping us and challenging us and calling us forward every day. And we are so grateful for the imperfect people that are on this journey with us. Thank you for our brothers and sisters that we are not alone. And help us not only to love you with all that we have, but to love our brothers and sisters just like we love ourselves. We ask this in your name. Amen.